This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers agents i guess i took a slightly different path coming to the agency i know a lot of agencies you can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market this is ai podcast are you ready i am let's go Hey, 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 welcome everybody to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Jason Cass. Today, I have another uh, CEO of an agency. Obviously, this is Agency Intelligence, where we only talk to people on this podcast that are inside agencies. And I am bringing you one from the uh, head leader of uh, Pinnacle Insurance up in Minnesota, Mr. Troy Thompson. How are you doing, Troy? I'm doing so good, Mr. Cass. Just an honor to be on your your podcast. I consider myself one of the founder founding listeners of, yeah. of your show about, what, seven, eight years ago now? It's, uh, yeah, 2013 or so. Yeah, Mark. I actually have been going around telling everybody. I was just noticing this. I've been going around telling everybody that it was March 5th. And come to find out, I happen to be looking, and now I've totally forgot again. I think it's March 22nd of 2013 is when it was. And so, you know, and you were one of the, probably one of the first five to probably 10, no more than 10, uh, mastermind members that, that was you Was it had. really? You didn't yeah, tell because, me that at the time. Well, because, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you, got, you got in, if you remember, you got in, and then you were in uh, for about two, three months, and then you got back out. And then I happened to call you on something else and found out you weren't in. Those were the days of, man, there was like 10, 15, 20 of us back then. And um, the good old remember, days. Yeah, I remember we'd have a meeting and like I, I didn't, I never had anything planned. I would just meet and everybody would get on the phone and I'd be like, okay, what do you guys want to talk about today? And then Jeff Roy caught it on there and I remember he told me, he called me afterwards one day. He said, dude, he's like, I think this has great potential. He's like, but if you want this to work, like you need to have some stuff planned for us. And I was like, oh, it does help. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know? And so at that point in time though, I was only three years into owning my own agency. I mean, I had 11 years experience in the industry at the time, but didn't know anything about my agency. And what I always say to this day, Troy, is I learn more from this podcast than any loyal listener does. Right. No loyal listener no, no. is done every one of these. I have, and man, just from talking to you, I mean, there'll be things that I'll go through in my days and my weeks and years ahead that I'll remember that, you know, I'll, I'll run into that situation. I'll be like, man, I remember Troy said that. I remember Jim said that, you know, I always will be, that helps me a lot. But anyway, so much, too much about me. We're going with the- Yeah, uh, let's talk the, about me. Yeah, let's talk about the double, <laughs> the double T, Troy Thompson. So if you guys don't know, a lot of times, like this is Troy, right? He didn't come to a lot of our events this year. We're going to talk about that. That's the whole reason. So you loyal listeners know, I purposely reached out to Troy for a reason. And one of the reason is, is Roy, or Troy's, Roy, Troy's 20th, or, or 2019 has been 
very unusual to say the least. And I don't only say unusual as in we are comparing it to what we know of Troy in other years past. And so we're going to get into that. And I'm, I'm excited to do that. But before we do, Troy, you an iPhone or you're a Droid user? That's that's a great question. And, I know uh, it is. Can I say option C? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll put it like this. I walked into Starbucks the um, just a few days ago, and I'm a lot more intentional these days about looking at my surroundings. And there were 13 customers sitting down at the at the tables. I wanted to sit at a table, and uh, I couldn't because. 13 people were there. Every single person was on their smartphone or um, a person like a laptop type device. And, and half of those had both at the same time. And there was zero eye contact. The only person I made eye contact with was the person uh, that took my coffee order. Then I left. So to, to circle back, I have recently started using a, a flip phone just to be more intentional about my surroundings. And um uh, more in, engaging and making in, in order to make more connections. What model? <clears throat> what model is it? Uh, it's a Kia Sera, and I put it out on social that I was going to go to a flip phone, and then I had and I did that on purpose so I wouldn't back out. So I just went to Verizon, and the only flip phone they had was this Kia Sera model, and I paid t- way too much for it. It was um, <laughs> I think it's about two hundred and fifty bucks, if you can believe that. And basically all it does is take phone calls. It takes terrible pictures and you can do the antiquated texting, which, which is really hard, but in a weird way, I enjoy that too. Yeah, that is, that is good. And I would be asking you the follow-up question to that, which is what's the last app you've downloaded, but I assume. Well, I, I do have an answer to that because just a month ago I had an Android. I was an Android guy. So I always felt good when you would talk about people, the smart people around Android <laughs> and, um, that helped reinforce why I was on that. But this kind of talks about my progression to the flip phone. I had downloaded an app called the paper phone by Google. You can Google it. It's um, the paper phone basically. And it's an, ironically, it's an app on your smartphone and that's the only way you can access it. But Google will allow you to print out on paper, your Google maps, your schedule for the day, contacts, like crossword puzzles and so forth. And you can fold it up to look like a phone. So I tried that for a what? while, but then I just what? just 10x everything. Yeah. What? Google it. Paper phone. Paper phone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, <laughs> everybody right now, well, a lot of them are running, you know, swimming. We don't know really, Troy, what they're doing, but they're thinking they're on of the phones. No, they're thinking to themselves. They are they're on the phones, right. They've got the laptop in front of them at Starbucks. They're listening to us on right. their iPods while they're while they're thumbsy up seeing on their uh, cell phone or their uh, smartphone. You're right about that. Swiping, you got it. Yeah. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Another question that I always had a challenge with that you would ask your, your guests because I'm one of your biggest fans, but um, I never knew the answer because I love winning, I thought, and I hated losing. And I thought most people would feel the same way. When I started coaching my kids flag football, and he was four or five at the time, I realized that um, when they won, it was great. And I, I kind of celebrated with them. And it wasn't even about the kids, win or lose. They're five years old. Right. But the thing that bothered me was when we lost and I had to shake the coach's hands on the opposing teams, I was mad all day if we had lost. And my wife pointed that out. I'm like, okay, that's true. I hate to lose. Like when the Vikings win, love it. I can breathe at least. But then I go about my day. When they lose, it ruins my whole Sunday. So definitely hating to lose is my uh, 
my uh, my downfall, I would say. But maybe because you hate to lose so much, it's actually you love to win. Let me say it this way. You hate to lose. Your wife loves you to win. That's the way that it sounds like to me. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's no. like uh, like uh, Mike Crawley said, he he kind of doesn't like put him, putting himself in positions where he can lose. That might be the case. But, you know, coaching your kids, you have no, no, I mean, there's nothing you can do when they lose and you got to be very positive. So it's, it's a learning experience for me too to um, be happy whether I win or lose. So I don't know why, but I've been, I don't know what came about really. I just know that I've been laying flooring in my upstairs. So I just had my, I, mean, I just had my completely, my kitchen opened up into my living room, dining room, eliminated all the walls. It's pretty, pretty cool. And I had this done by this contractor and they did it in like three weeks. It was fantastic. But the thing I always do is I always like to do the flooring. Number one, I don't good. I don't think other people can do flooring as good as me. I've been doing it since like I was in the single digits, right? When I was like eight or nine, I was carrying around tile for my dad. And then, so I decided to do this. And and one of the things was I, I got up, I was building this threshold and I got up from this threshold and I don't know what it was. I was in my, in my, my uh, uh, hallway and I just thought to myself, I'm like, I love to win. And I, and I was that like, was the day, yeah, huh? I was like, and I was like, well, why do you hate to lose? You know? And it's just like, I love to win because I'm looking for the loss. I know that just sounds weird. And this is what I said to myself. And I was like, well, why are you looking for the loss? It's like, because like, like, like. I like it when my customers call in and they have a good experience. You know, I like it when, when that happens. So I love that win. But I tell you this, every morning I go to work to hold my employees accountable and I'm looking for the loss. Mm. Make sense? I'm looking for the loss. I'm looking for the loss because that's how we're going to get better. We're not going to continue winning, but here's the deal. I know we're going to have losses. It's up to me as an owner to be able to find those losses so that our team can win. So I know, Mm. so they're going to happen. And and this just came to me. Like I was just like, like I said, I was doing the threshold of my son's room and I'm like building this thing up and it just came to me. I'm like, I love to win. It's kind of like. So is that like um, high aspirations, low expectations? Hmm. Uh, or not really? No, really, kind of. That's an interesting way to look at that. I mean, I guess so in a way. I have, yeah. And I don't know I don't know necessarily where it comes from. I've, I've asked this hundreds of times to people like yourself. And I've really had this da 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 but it just it just came to me out of nowhere. I wasn't even thinking about it. And that's just the way that I think about it because I do think of my actions. My wife says that I'm the ultimate analyzer. And I think you are too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us business owners are. We're constantly analyzing why did this work versus this not work, right? Why did we win here but lose here? And 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 I think that if you're not thinking that way, you're probably not going to be a business owner very long. You agree? Yeah, you're not going to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to watch the tape. Yeah, they say you're either getting better or losing. It's it's you're very very rarely are you staying exactly the same. So I'm doing one or the no other. No doubt, it's kind of like. Um... Matt and Zach with Babylon. I was talking to uh, Zach the other day about just listening to our phone calls. And it's kind of awkward and hard for the employees, but that's how you get better, right? You sit down and analyze the good and bad. And Ab. Try to make. Absolutely, brother. How often do you do that? Well, we just, you know, we had gone in and out, and now we're really going to make it intentional where we do it at least a few times a week with everybody. And, um, yeah. 
you know, a call five or 10 minutes long and try to keep it mostly positive. Mm -hmm. But, and the funny thing is you really don't have to bring up the negatives because people are smart enough to, to point out, oh shoot, I should have done this. Right. And then, then you're not the bad guy by pointing it out, but yeah. I only point out the strengths. So we do the same Mm -hmm. thing. We do the same thing, Troy. And I have realized in my first, just exactly what you said, loyal listeners, if you didn't hear this, I know this is something you're thinking about doing. We're giving you gold right here. Okay. And so Troy is telling that it made a very, very important point that you don't have to criticize your employees. It's obvious when everybody's listening, right? It's obvious. You Mm -hmm. don't have to say anything. One thing I do is I try to enhance it. So I will say, okay, you asked about the umbrella, but did you notice how they had talked about this? And this may have been a good time where you would have thrown that our umbrella story because we all have like two or three umbrella stories or two or three stories for every coverage, you know? That's where you could have thrown one mm-hmm. of those stories in there that really would have emphasized that. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, see? I, so I'm going to coach it up, but I'm not going to critique in that situation unless somebody's just glaringly not seeing something, right? And I'm just like, hello. Absolutely. Huge thing. And it makes your employees feel uncomfortable. But I will promise you this, loyal listeners, if you after you listen about 10 times or so, they, they get used to it, especially my producers. I mean, producers, like that's like we're going to listen to phone calls, 15 of them on week three. You know what I mean? Because we're going to listen to you talk and sound like a damn idiot on the phone. And, and, that, and that's fine. But they get better and it's more of like a – what's funny is is some of my big-time producers, whenever they know that they're doing a really good job, they'll come and be like, hey, I want you to listen to this phone call with me. Let's listen to this. I'll be like, all right, come in here tomorrow at 7.30. Come over here at 7.30 before it happens. So we're – so we geek out about this as well. But Troy, this is great that you're doing this. I, It is probably one of the top five – Things that you can do, tactics, strategies that you can do with your team that makes you all feel accountable. Now, keep in mind, Troy, you got to listen to yours too. You got to listen to yours too. They get. Oh, I don't want to listen to mine. They don't want to listen to theirs either. You know what I mean? So, so what you do, dude, is you just cheat. Whenever that customer calls in and it's that customer that just likes to deal with Troy because he's been there for eight to 10 years, right? And and everybody's like, you know, you, you get done and you take it to your assistant and say, hey, do this, but he wants to talk or she wants to talk to me. That's the time. That's the time that you like know you're on the clock. And that's the time that you're like, boom, boom, doing everything perfect, letting them know about the ID card before we get off the phone and give the Google review and boom, 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 boom. And then it's just like, then that's the one you show the team the next week, right? They don't know the difference, but be like, hey guys, uh, we're going to listen to this call right here that I had with a customer. Since not many of them call in, we'll listen to this one. And bam, you know, right. you know, and then you can do some things. And the part... The part cast that most people don't know is the part you really can't teach, which which is finding the way to connect with each customer and, and talk about their family and just ask them sincerely how they're doing. Ask them what's going on in their life that you can help them out with. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that anymore. And um, at least that's what we're trying to teach at our agency to find those connections and then and then remember them and document them and, and talk to people about what's important to them. That's, that's huge, bro. It's huge. You've been doing that for a while. That's why you're successful, Troy. That's huge. That's what people care about. Thank you. That's what people care about. Thanks, Cass. That's all right. It's okay. (laughs) So most of the time, whenever I have my events, Troy always comes. And when he comes to his events, usually it's like he usually comes a day early or something. And usually around 2 in the afternoon, Cass's cell phone ring. Cass, where are you at? I'm like, uh. I'm I'm on my way to my room, man. And, And we don't even have to ask. If you're in the mastermind, you know that Troy... 
is out by the pool with his shirt off. He's got a football. <laughs> And he's probably sitting there oh, at yeah. the bar the sipping day. on a nice old uh, ice water, right? And he's like, come on, Cass. And he, oh, yeah. And he's got his crazy glasses on. God knows what color they are here in the middle of the summer. And he's like, come on, Cass. Let's play some football, man. Go out, man. I mean, this is this is Troy. This is Troy. You got to have the football. You got to have the football. Oh, my. I mean, that that is the great separator. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Troy. <laughs> if you what? had to choose one. You know which one it is. Which one is it? Is it skill or luck that's got you to where you are right now? I, I look at luck. It kind of like, in a way, kind of like gratitude. And I'm very lucky that my dad started this independent agency. I'm lucky that I was able to buy him out because not everybody gets that opportunity. There's a lot of very smart people out there, producers and people in insurance that just don't have the money, don't have the the time to start an independent agency. So I got very, very lucky, and I, I definitely don't take that for granted. And to learn from my dad, who I really, really respect, and he taught me a lot. I'm lucky that I got into a company called Southwestern when I was in college that taught me how to sell books door to door, and uh, that helped me grow my agency and teach me work ethic. To meet you, Cass, very lucky for that. I don't know how I even found you. It was probably just Googling uh, or searching um, insurance yeah. podcasts and even somebody like Sid Rowe who lives like 10 minutes from me and her and I are doing some really cool things on the side about this flip phone and and different things like that. She taught me about Wim Hof. So now we're talking about jumping in icy water together, but you know, that was all luck. I, I honestly believe, believe I'm, I'm very lucky and grateful person. So I would, I would say that. So you and <clears throat> Sid Rowe live 10 minutes from each other? Yeah. Dude. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Do mm -hmm. you guys see each other a lot? We don't. She pops by. I mean, we talk and she pops by the office once every few months. Wow. She helped do that, um, the neon the atomic commercial about data. I don't know if you saw that one. It was really cool yeah. how like data was kind of coming out of our yeah. what, breeze uh, computer and mind with like different things. We took the drone out of our office and then zoomed it back in. So we're open for all her creative projects. She just has to swing by. She doesn't have to call. Ah, oh, I got but, you. Um, I got you. Yeah, I got this you. is the best. Well, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, for some reason well, in my I met her at your event in uh, Charlotte. And you, that's where we first met. And you guys and started talking, you started talking about where you guys live and you're like, are you serious? Like I live 10 yeah. minutes from you. Wow. That's cool. No doubt. That is cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. So I can agree. I can agree. I mean, it's such a tough topic, right? Because even if the luck did come, you had to, uh, you had to use your skill to, 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 to groom those relationships and really get those things to sprout. But it's, it's the thing. The reason I love that question is you a loyal listener, Troy, you know, people, man, are like, ah, 50-50. Or people are like, I don't believe in luck. Or it's all skill. And I'm like, whoa. You know, they, they, people will take it like hardcore, you know. And um, I'm going through a lot of changes. I used to say skill for sure. And, you know, I've kind of done a 180 on that. And I used to say probably 50-50. But now I'm swung on the pendulum to gratitude. Gratitude. So it's just kind of funny how how you change as you age and uh, gain wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to go there, Troy. But this is for the this <laughs> this is for the loyal listeners. One time, I was twenty one, twenty two. I was young. 
And I was talking with this gentleman. I was at a because I wanted to be the governor of Illinois when I was in my twenties, and I was at this uh, political. But you can still do it. No, I don't want to do. It. I have nothing to do with that. All right. So I, so I, so I'm at this political rally, and this, and this older man says to me, I mean, he's like ninety years old, and he said, "Son, I'd ask you if you was a Republican or a Democrat, but I already know." And I said, "Oh, really?" I said, well, "What do you think I am?" He said, "You're a Democrat," and I wasn't. I've always been registered Republican, and I said. And I said, well, why would you say that? He said, well, if you're your age and you're not a Democrat, you probably don't have a heart. But if you're my age, mm-hmm. if you're 50 or 60 and you're not a Republican, you probably don't have a brain. Now, he said that. Yeah, and that. Yeah, I see. Now, when he said that, Troy, I thought to myself, I've went through my whole life and I have thought that's about as true as can be. It really is very true. In the last two to three years of my life, I've realized that that's not true. So when you're talking about going from this luck to this, you know, our skill and then 50-50 and then being luck and, you know, and how we change, it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of thinking on that change, you know, and so we, we don't need to have a political conversation, but it goes that deep that I'm, it is amazing I, when we come out of our 20s into our 30s and out to our 40s, how we, how things and are see changing. the world and I- at some point during this podcast, even, I'd like to chat with you a little bit about Cuba because I kind of dismissed what you said a few years ago, but, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're going to talk about. The people down there, they don't have a lot of internet and smartphones and technology, right? Absolutely. They don't. No. And and they're pretty damn happy, aren't they? They are. They sure as uh-huh. hell are. No, they, they, they sure as the heck are. So, Troy, they know you, but let's make the final connection. Take us back three to five minutes. Don't give us a Preston Smidley of 51 minutes. And tell, tell us who you are. I'll do it quick. College, UMD, um, that's where I, and I will take a minute on the Southwestern experience that I had, which is a door-to-door book selling company out of Nashville, Tennessee. So I did that in the summers and I paid my way through school doing it. Uh, basically knocking on doors selling encyclopedias for 80 hours a week. So I would not go to a different state. And with a group of other college kids that I knew, and we would just live in a city for the entire summer and knock on doors um, before 730 in the morning and after 930 at night, Monday through Saturday. And then we'd have Sunday meetings. But um, it really gave me the experience to go door to door and and taught me how to run a business and how to work hard and how to sell. And uh, such a great, great, great experience. So Southwestern was a huge impact in my life. Then my, you know, I got into insurance about 10 years ago and I built that by going door to door along, along with my dad. I would, you know, when I first started, I did know, not know anything about insurance, but I just, I got licensed the first week. The next week I started knocking and generating leads and I would give them to my dad and he put one in his name and one in my name. And we did that for about two years. And I just, in fact, went out this last summer with my kids and went door to door with them. And, uh, teaching them the the trade. And we sold a ton of business this summer. And uh, so the door-to-door piece in insurance is huge. And now I'm at the pinnacle of my uh, career on the podcast wow. with you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know necessarily about all <laughs> that, but uh, you know, you, you, um, oh my gosh. And I was going to write it down. I was, I was trying to listen to what you're saying, but I was going to jump over to Slack where I keep my notes and I was going to put it in there. But you were talking about, you said oh, something- uh, you, what'd you say? You said something. It was about the door to door knocking, but it was something right before that. 
Oh, oh, the, the you working with that, what'd you call it? Southwestern was, yeah. Southwestern. So crazy yeah. enough, I know a guy, I think that worked for that same company because he said it was out of Nashville, Tennessee mm-hmm. and they sold encyclopedias. Now I imagine back maybe then there was a lot, I don't know, but his name was Henry Powers and he, mm. a very interesting story real quick, Troy, real quick. This is really cool. This is a really cool story. Yeah. So he still does this to this day. This was, he was like 23, 24. I think he's uh, probably early thirties now. And yeah, cause it was right back. Yeah. When I, yeah. So, so anyways, um, he, he got this, he, he did the, the encyclopedia sales. He ended up in Louisiana, nor in new Orleans, uh, Louisiana, and he got his check. And so he had to sit there and wait, like when he was done and he had to wait for like two or three weeks for this check. And so as he was doing it, he was talking to some people in new Orleans and they were talking about going to this carnival, which is down in Columbia, uh, South Carolina. So while he's waiting for this check, he's hanging out with these people. They're getting ready to get boom. He gets this check for like $15,000. And like, he's like early, early third, uh, 20s. He's like, it's the most money I've ever had in my freaking life, you know? And so he gets on a plane with these guys, goes to Columbia, South Carolina, okay? Sits there for three weeks and just parties at the carnival going on down in Columbia. Yeah. Oh, then so cool. decides instead of walking home, he's just going to take this money and he is going to walk as far as he possibly can down to uh, uh, Rio de Janeiro. And walks down to Rio de Janeiro, walks to Buenos Aires, takes a, a, a plane from there over to Cape Town, uh, South, South Africa. Then he stays there for a couple of weeks, walks all the way up um, Africa, gets to Egypt, went to Israel. Yeah, swear to God, went to Israel for like a week or something and then didn't want to deal with the Middle East because obviously during very rough times, flies over that and goes into India, walks through India, goes over into Cambodia, Thailand and all that, spends the last four months in Thailand. Spends four months in Thailand and then gets on a plane and comes back. Took him 17 months, 17 months to do this. And he said he left with like fourteen, fifteen thousand $15,000 and he came home with like three grand. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. That is so. Oh, I have a, I have a kind of a similar story from Southwestern. Very similar. I got my big check my last summer. I didn't have to go back to school and I drove to, um, Cabo from Minnesota. Um, and I picked up one friend in San Diego and then we drove all the way down the Baja and went through security wow. checkpoints, dodged cows on the way down. And I just stayed down there for about a month, month and a half. And then he ran out of money halfway through. So I just put him on a bus and he went on the bus back and then I drove back by wow. myself. Yeah, man. Great. Great. Picked up hitchhikers yeah. and stuff. And it was an awesome, and Dude, you have to do it when you're young. I used to pick up, Part like, of the so appeal. my uncle lived in Pensacola and I lived in Centralia and, and man, I would go back and forth two or three times a year, every time. Cause I, after I graduated high school, I went down to Pensacola, Florida to live every time I would pick up a hitchhiker. I would always drive for 20 or 30 minutes before I get gas when I was leaving my uncle's house. Cause I'd go by, this is, this is terrible, but this is what you do when you're a dumb 18, 19 year old. Mm-hmm. I would go to gas stations until I could find somebody really? that I thought was probably going to be a, That's yeah. Until awesome. I saw they were going to be a hitchhiker and I'd be like, Hey, would you like a ride? And they'd kind of look at me like, what Are the you a serial killer? Like, man, I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Right. Seven minute abs. True story. What? 
True story. This was really cool though. One time, I was seven. <laughs> the, the dude, the the dude, um, I pulled over to this gas station in Pensacola and was uh, was filling up to head to Centralia, Illinois. And I'm talking to this guy, and this guy comes up to me and is like, "Hey, man, can you give me a ride? I'm headed north." And I'm like, "This is perfect," because I used to love hitchhikers that we just talk and whatever. And he's like, "I'm headed to Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is like ten miles from oh, Centralia, Illinois." Cool. I'm like, I'm like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like. Oh, you! I'm I'm driving the whole way, and so drove. Never spoke to him. I told him we'd keep in touch. Yeah, but that, was that back doesn't in happen. Ninety six, ninety seven. Before before you had your contacts, you know, I didn't have the little Rolodeck and the Ford Ranger. So uh, so yeah. So anyways, wow, all over the place on this uh, podcast. That's what it makes it awesome. So 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 here's the deal, loyal listeners. So for the last like year or a couple months, it just seems like I mean I don't know. It's been pretty much this whole year. You've you've decided not to necessarily come to. All of the functions that you used to still come into some, not all of them. Very active, but 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 even on social media, um, where I know you, right? Since I don't have any other kind of friendship with you other than through there, when I don't see you for a while, I wonder what's going on. And you kind of told me, and you told us in the mastermind, you're like, "Hey guys, I'm kind of bugging out for a couple weeks, right, mm-hmm. or a couple months." And every once in a while, people do that. But then, like, you start coming back with like. Man, guys, I'm headed to get a flip phone and you're posting <laughs> pictures of you in the damn phone place. And I'm like, Oh yeah. What is going on? And that's when I reached out to you. I said, I said, Troy, Troy, come Let's on. Let's do it. Get, get on the podcast. We got to figure out what the hell is going on with you. So tell me what 2019's been like for you. And the beginning of 2019 was like any other year, but um kind of like my Starbucks story. It's just been getting more and more clarified in my head what's going on. Um, specifically to me, because I know I'm not going to change the world by doing what I'm doing, but disconnected with family. And I think you and all your listeners probably can uh, understand what I'm saying here when it comes to uh, you're scrolling your phone instead of watching your kids or talking to your wife and you just yep. have it on your hip 24-7. And and it was addiction. Um, I, I was going to bed tired, but then flipping through my phone for a few hours, waking up. First thing you do is grab your phone and I, I just had enough. And, um, I kind of had a little half experience with it when I, I took a cruise with my family to Alaska, which was amazing. And, and just, um, three weeks ago or so I said, well, I'm going to just try this out for a month and go off my smartphone completely. And if people can want to reach me, they can call me. But, um, here's a, a quick story that helped put everything into focus, going to my kids' gymnastics. My son and daughter both are in gymnastics. And I look down over all the parents, and these parents are glued to their devices, about 90% of them. And I look out at their kids, and their kids are always glancing back to to get uh, affirmation from their parents. They're doing flips, whatever. And their parents are too busy to make eye contact. And that's what the kids see. And I just think eye contact means love and a smile and eye contact is so powerful. So, uh, you know, it sounds like I'm a little smug almost now that I'm not doing it, but I was just like everybody else a month ago, but like my the kids gymnastics, just a few days ago, I counted my daughter made eye contact with me about 40 times in an hour and a half. And the times I missed her, I was watching my son. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty powerful, uh, Thing to try out just a hard break a hard reset from from our devices <clears throat> yeah wow that's you know 
That's powerful. I mean, you really have been analyzing, like you said, counting how many times eye contact with your daughter and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I analyze it um, more. And, I'm more and more hyper, you know, just to to look around now that I don't have my phone. I just look at everybody else on their phone and I'm like, all right, that's why I'm not on my phone because I just don't want to be like them. There's way too much to life. I mean, family, my kids are six and seven. I don't want them to be 10 and all. 11 and remembering these last four years of me just looking at my phone more than them. I want me to them to remember me looking at them almost a hundred percent of the time, just watching them blink, just being there and being present. And also my wife sitting on the couch with her after we put the kids to bed and just looking her in the eye and talking to her. So that's boring. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Loyal listeners. I'm just joking. Gosh. If you only knew how much of a lie that is, I talk my wife's ear off. She's my wife is trying to get me into my cell phone. She's like, Jason, just listen, look at the cell phone for a while. But no, I'm the same way, man. I think we all are. And you know what's even tough, uh, more tough, is when they're older and you try to tell them that they're on their cell phone or on their video games too much, and they look at you. They're doing what you did, what you modeled. It doesn't matter what you said. What I am doing. Yeah. Yeah. And what I am doing, they're like, Dad, you're sitting there telling me that as you're looking at your laptop yeah. and scrolling on your phone, right? And so it starts to become that, you know, uh, the things of, hey, don't do what I'm saying, you know, follow my actions. That's and, what it always is. It's like, it's like if you're an alcohol, if mm-hmm. you drink a beer every night and tell your kids drinking is bad, they're going to drink when they can. Right. Because that's what mm-hmm. they've learned. Yeah. They're going to model themselves after you. And it's an uphill battle. I went to my my kids' state of the school uh, um, meeting and they go to a Catholic school and I thought technology might be something that they're kind of pushing against. But the keynote speaker basically said, you got to embrace tech. Tech is everything. You just got to be there with them and trust them. And I was just like, man, this is just, this is our world right now. And I have a lot of pushback. It is our world. It is our world mm-hmm. where, where I think it will change. Well, in, in people, okay. If we keep our smartphones in our hands, it's not going to change. We have to take our smartphones and bear with me, loyal listeners, keep an open mind. (laughs) We need to take our smartphones and they've got to be put into our head. When our smartphones get put into our head, it now doesn't become a device that we look at all the time that takes our distracts our attention. When it goes into our head and we use AI, it now becomes something that helps enhance our lives to be able to do something and it say, Hey, your daughter is over there trying to get your attention. And you already knew it, even though you're looking at your son, right. Or whatever you're doing, it's helping you say, Hey, to tell yourself like, um, for the next like three hours, I do not want to be involved in any social media or anything. I want to be control of my kids' lives and it making sure that's happening. You're talking like a computer chip in your brain, Cass? I'm talking about a computer chip in your brain. All right. I'm, I'm going to respectfully know push this back just, against that. I, you, know what the, you, can. you know what the AI is? It is your brain. You got to use your brain instead of relying on technology to, uh, to be your brain. AI is the brains of billions of people. My brain is just one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying that I would still use mine. Here's what I want you to do, Troy. Well, I don't know if you can do this. Since <laughs> you may not even have it. Netflix. You have Netflix. I, no, no, no. Amazon Prime. Do you have yep, Amazon I have Prime? Both. We don't have cable, but okay. that's pro- that might be something I cut off too, but we'll see. But I have it for now. Yeah. Okay. 
I want you to go watch just one episode. It's all you got to do. To be honest with you, the show is kind of good, but not really. But it it will fascinate you. I'm telling you, Troy, do this. It'll be it'll be good. It's called the feed. Mm. Now I I haven't heard anybody advertise it or anything. I happened to be just sitting around bored as can be the other day, and I was like, you know, what is this show? And I watched it, and it is really really interesting because it goes back to what I'm saying. And when you start looking and you start you start watching people go through their life. So in this show, everybody has the feed in your head, right? Now, keep in mind, this is not like everybody's wearing black and flying spaceships. Like this is a normal sh- normal everyday life like like that we live in, right? And then it has this. And when you start to watch the potential for what this thing could do to enhance our lives, it's pretty unbelievable. It's really, really unbelievable. And you can also see how it takes away the bad side effects of it because you can just turn it off and on. And it is really, really cool. It is really cool. But let's, here's where I want to go with that. I want you to watch the feed because okay, it's the a feed. really interesting thing. But here's where I want to go with this, Troy. Sure. There is a religion over in Asia. And in this Asian um, Asian religion, I am going to find this because I because I was just talking about this the other day. Buddhism, with my family. Yeah, it's one. It starts with an S, and it is I don't know if to be. I think it's Shinto, but it could yeah. be uh, Sikhism. I, I can't. I can't. So so anybody laugh at me, but I don't know. But anyways, it's one of those two. And what it teaches, it's, it's a very prominent religion across Asia. And what it teaches is, is things that are mechanical or things that uh, or of electronic have a have a soul. They have a purpose. How many times have you looked at um, a, a pot of boiling water and you're thinking to yourself, like, man, it must suck to be that pan, right? That pan gets hot all the damn time, right? We think of these weird little things occasionally because we're weird people. That's just what we do. And, and 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 to their religion, they think that like if it has electronic because our heart is electronic and because we have electricity in us, they believe and they have taught for thousands of years that that is actually – that's why they would say that a machine or a robot would have a soul. What's amazing is the way we look at two different things. When you think about as a Western culture, if we think about a, 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 a device being put into our head, we get scared. Oh, oh my gosh. That means that they could take over us because we were all believe, um, led to believe the Bible and revelations. I'm not saying that's wrong or right. What I'm saying is that's what we are a Christian J. Doe. J, um, J, Christian J. Doe. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I guess it's Friday and I can't even freaking talk. And so we we are a society of Christian and Jewish. That's where we come from. And this is in based in Revelations. That's one of the things that we've always been taught, the mark of the beast in the end times. And then Hollywood has taken that and just totally distorted it to where now they've made us believe that machines will come in the end times and take us over. When you look at the rest of the world, most of the rest of the world does not believe this concept. This is something that's become part of our culture in the last 50 to 100 years that's made us get scared as opposed to the rest of the world is embracing. Embracing what? Technology, Technology? robots, AI, deep learning, all that stuff like that is being is being seen in America as a big scared thing, but it's not really? in the other other countries. 
Okay. Absolutely. Because of because of religious backgrounds and tolerances. Hollywood mm-hmm. and the Bible has made us get scared of technology and what it can do in the future. You know Not what makes anything me get else. Scared of technology is Silicon Valley. And they have brilliant people every day that are and I don't think AI like putting something in your head is that far off. It it's already here, in my opinion, because it's our smartphone. Because we're addicted to our smartphones. Yes. Because they have these people making apps to constantly get us to check our smartphones. And like you said, you can turn something on and off if it's in your brain. Well, you can potentially do that with your smartphone too. You can just turn it off, but but we don't. If we do, we turn it back on. We can remove the apps from our smartphone, but all we do is do two clicks and they're back on because it is a problem. And I had the problem too just a month ago. And that's why I went to the flip phone so I don't have that temptation or ability to turn stuff back on. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not going to go back to it, but it's just a hard break, a hard reset that I'm going through to, to get back to family and connection. Well, and, 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 I, and I absolutely, and I, I think that's there. I think um, what we're doing right now is we're going through the ebb and flows, right? We're going mm-hmm. through the, uh, we're, we're learning, right? So we get this device, right. we're in it all the time. Now we're starting to, I mean, Troy, what you're doing is very familiar to a lot of people that are doing it. And if they're not doing it, they want to go to the to the get the flip phone they just can't pull over in the parking lot and actually make themselves do it like you did you know right people are people are really really addicted they really are addicted but they're also becoming aware they're starting to become aware and right now they're kind of they're kind of freaking out cuz they really don't know what to do right because like when you realize that, that you have a drunk drinking problem or a drug problem or maybe watching pornography um what, whatever it could possibly be right it's easy for you to um hide that it's easy for you to to deal with that in the in the in the in the closet because no one else does that right or they're dealing with theirs in the closet when mm-hmm. we when we're talking about cell phones, we're all addicted and we're all not doing it in the closet. So it's very very hard to get the help you need. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people may deep down know they have this 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 problem, but if everybody else is doing it, it can't be that bad, can it? That's exactly but what he, I'm saying. Yeah, that go, exactly. going along that same line exactly, Troy. You know, so it can't be that bad, right? But we do know it's bad when we hide in the corner of alcohol or in the closet of alcoholism because we don't want everybody to know, right? Because not everybody's doing mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. So, that's why it's an even more important addiction. Ask your kids this. Look your kids in the eye, your loyal listeners, and, and tonight and, and say, how does it make you feel when I'm on my smartphone? And they're going to give you an answer you don't want to hear, but you know what they're going to say. And that's, that's all it took for me. Because they're going to say, we we don't think you love us. We You love your smartphone more than us. I mean, play with us. And uh, it's powerful. It's uh... Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you. What I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups 
and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. It is very powerful. It is very powerful. I also want you to know that if they said, "Hey, what do you think about Daddy going out with his friends or Daddy going to work?" or they're gonna, they have a selfish being in the fact that they want all of us. So I'm not downplaying this. What I'm trying to do is help you feel better, mm-hmm. Troy. I think that you're a hell. <laughs> I think you're a hell of a father, and I think that. But what you're saying is a point. I mean, I do it all the time. It's 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 ridiculous. And and why this is so good, and why people are liking this podcast right now, is because what my podcast is about is making people think, making people feel uncomfortable. I like making people feel uncomfortable. And there's people who literally are listening to this podcast who five minutes before was getting ignored by their family, and they're now listening to this and going, "Wow, maybe this podcast was meant for me." Yes, it is meant for you. But to be honest with you, as you're with Troy, you were all fighting this addiction, you know, this addiction to mm-hmm. this technology. And, and, and what's so, the, go ahead. You know, I'm just going to go off on a tangent. I'm sorry to jump in. Come but, on. Yeah, that's what we want. I mean, we're talking technology. I, I like technology. And if we can use it right, that's great for our agencies to, to allow us to have deeper connections with our clients and referral partners and stuff. But, but like the smartphone example, why is depression and anxiety and even suicide at all time highs right now if it's supposed to be so great? It's true. Why are people um, less happy or not as happy as they've ever been in this point of time when they have 5,000 Facebook friends and Instagram in there? It's just a hard, hard questions to ask. Why is it that Steve Jobs didn't uh, let his kids on his on devices? Mm-hmm. It's good, it's good questions to ask, dude. Damn good questions to ask. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not going to go back to a smartphone, but I'm, I mean, these are the hard questions you have to ask yourself. And is it really more beneficial to have this? Do I really need my my business email, my Slack channel, everything on on my smartphone? So when I go home with my family, I'm still checking emails and Slack when it really doesn't matter. I mean, we're making our employees take Slack off their smartphones and email. And if one out of a hundred gets mad and leaves our agency, that's fine. Hmm. Because it, it, deep down, does it really matter if you're connected 24-7 to have one extra percentage point of retention? I don't think so. Nice. I don't think so either. And I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You know, a lot of these things that that we when we when we come to this, it's just... Once again, I think we'll be better in five and I think we'll be better in 10 years. I just think, I think this is a new toy to us. I think it's new. We're trying to figure it out. Um, we're going to abuse it, but there's going to become a point in time. Studies are going to start coming out, different types of things that I think will start bringing more awareness to it. Like I said, we already all know 
right? We already all know. It's kind of like we all knew that drinking or doing drugs is not bad for us. It's in, it's it's as a society we needed something else to tell us that to say no, look, people are dying. Oh, okay, that's bad, right? No, people are losing their eyes because they're looking at screens too long. Okay, wait, that's bad. Now let's go back to something you said about suicide. Yes. When it comes to it, uh, it goes back to Cuba. So. Uh, Boca, de Amico- mm. uh, Boca de Camarocca, which is if you fly into Havana and you go along the coast east, um, you'll run into that in about an hour, hour and 45 minutes. And then there's Varadero, um, which is where all the big, beautiful beaches are. About 30 to 45 minutes south of that, right in the middle of Cuba, is where I do a lot of, of my work there. And what's amazing is, is I'll go back to Boca de Camarocca on Sunday evenings because they have a Sunday evening church there. It's a house church. And I was talking with this lady, and this was like a couple of times before when I went. And uh, she said, she said, when I go to America, she was a Cuban. She's a Cuban that's allowed to go back and forth. Many Cubans are. And she said, she hmm. said, one of the things that I, that I didn't, that she said that I see as a big difference is is she says it blows our mind with suicide rates in America because you would think that because you guys have so many freedoms and so much stuff that that like it 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 you guys would have low suicide rates. You think in so? Boca de Camarocca, a town of uh, of eight thousand people in Cuba, in a third world country, in the last twenty two years, had had three suicides. Three hmm. suicides, and two of those suicides were ninety some odd year old men who knew that they were such a burden on their family that they that they wanted to kill themselves. So they had their families come over, told them what they were going to do. They had dinner, dressed themselves, did it somehow, whatever. But this is what I was telling: three in twenty two years. And this is a third world country. So I was talking with mm-hmm. my friend, with my buddy Joe, who's actually works in our office, 23-year-old kid, smart as can be. What he lacks in life experiences, he makes up because he's a philosophy major and he gets life in certain ways. And so I was telling him about this the other day and he said, it, Jason, it makes complete sense to me why this would be. I said, why? He said, because in life, the more freedom you have, the more responsibility you have. And so the problem that we give, and we do this with our kids, we give them so much freedom that then they have the responsibility that it overweights them and they make bad decisions. But we think as if, well, if I, I, you know, I was talking with somebody else just the other day, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was on a podcast. They said, oh, Eric Garcia, he said it on a podcast. It was a fantastic thing. He said, we hear parents all the time that say, I went through so much, uh, so many rough times, and it was so hard for me when I was younger. I never want my kids to go through that. But yet that person more than likely is a success because of those circumstances. Right. But the struggle is is part of the story, right? To success. But yeah. we want to remove that from our kids. But that's actually are you removing their story? Are you not showing them the things that they need to? And it went back to what Joe was saying. With those who have freedom, have responsibility. It has to do with America. We have lots of freedom. With lots of freedom comes great responsibility. And I don't think that humans are necessarily ready for all the freedoms that they can entail. I think it's a slow build. 
I think, Troy, you could not – if you took yourself and you plucked yourself out of your agency and you went back to day one and put you, yourself in that agency, you would be – that agency would be so much better. It would be like, wow, I've already – I've taken 15 years of what I already know and I'm starting it off. But the opposite is true. You could take the Troy hmm. who just started and you could pluck him out and drop him into the Troy that you are today and he'd crumble. Because with freedom comes a lot of responsibility. You didn't have the freedoms you did back then to be a business owner. And I mean, you were working your ass off 80 80 hours knocking on doors because you had to get leads, one for you, one for dad, one for you, one for dad, right? I mean, you're busting your butt. Didn't have much, Mm -hmm. didn't have, you know, a lot of freedom, didn't have a lot of responsibility either. I just had to do the work. If I didn't do the work, it didn't matter. Now. Control the controllables, right? Now, yeah. Now you have all the responsibility. You know, I mean, shit goes, you're responsible for probably eight to 15 car payments, house payments. You know, that's what you're responsible for now. But now you have the freedom, right? You have the freedom. Like you could just be like, I'm not. But do we really have the freedom right now? Are we owned by our, our stuff and our our devices and our technology No, no, no. We, to really do anything? No, we don't. That's why I was saying I was talking about your job. I was talking about you as your right. job. You know, you now have the freedom to be able to say, hey, I don't want to go to work tomorrow, but the office is still going to be there. But you can't necessarily do True. that because you have all the responsibility, right? So it's that thing there. It's a paradoxical, huh? It is very paradoxical. And so so to say no, I do not think that we have all the freedom that we used to have. And it's ridiculous. My son, he made bad grades. So I told him, I said, okay, you're not you're, – until you get this C up to a B, here's the deal. You're not taking your, your phone to school. Okay, so he, mm, he, he can't, can't take his phone, put his phone down, whatever. Dude, Troy, in his classroom, like I went to see his his teacher's conference. They said, well, the only problem we have with Rylan is he's a really good kid and he does what he's supposed to do. But I will tell you, every once in a while, he has his headphones on. And I looked at the teacher. I said, what are you talking about? He has his headphones on. And she was like, well, he has his headphones on when he's not supposed to. I said, wait a minute, time out. Is there a time in class that he can have his headphones on? And she's like, oh, yeah, they can have their headphones on. What is? What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Are you freaking serious? <laughs> My son's a freshman in high school. He does not have to be sitting in class with his headphones on because you know what's going to happen if you give him? If you give him the freedom and he's not able to accept the responsibility, he's going to abuse it and you're going to put him in detention. So I told my son, no, you're not. So that day my son comes back. Now, okay, that was, a, that was two different stories. But the day, first day my son, he can't take his phone to school. He comes back and, uh, and he just tells me, he says, dad, I can't do that again. And I'm like, what do you cannot do? What? He's like, I can't just not take my cell phone. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're really kind of getting at here. And I'm willing to listen to you. I said, but tomorrow you're not taking your cell phone to school. That's just the way that it is. And he's like, dad, I don't feel safe. And I'm like, you don't feel safe. You, first of all, Troy, we live in Edwardsville, Illinois. Okay, there, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's freaking Lamborghinis that drive up and down the damn road here. I mean, there's no freaking p- c- crime or anything. There's no one trying to kill him. He gets a ride to school and a ride back from home or from school. I mean, I don't know when he's anything dangerous is going to happen to this kid. But it, it got me thinking there. I had a Troy as a moment. I'm like, are you serious? Like my son can't go to school for seven and a half hours in, a, in an institution that's guarded by a policeman because he thinks that he needs to be say that he needs to have this. And so I start bringing this up to other people like my friends and other parents. And they're looking at me like, you can't send your son to school without a cell phone. 
And I mean, like, I'm to the point, like, I can get really hyped up about things, sometimes a little too much. That's why sometimes Cass has to take medication. I literally wanted to run out. <laughs> I literally wanted to run out of this room and just start pulling my hair out because I'm like, where are we going in society that That's we can't let the moment our, I'm, I'm having too right now. I'm, I'm right there with you. Kids not go to freaking school. And it's not kids. It's it's becoming an appendage, and it's an appendage for most of the world. And um, I'm holding my flip phone right now. I mean, if your kid's not safe, they could, you could give them a flip phone. Now you can call 911 if you're not safe. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, put it up by the no. microphone and just kind of flip it. Ooh, oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It, it was a solid one, too. You could tell it's a new one, right? That's legit. Because yeah. after a while, after you open and shut it for a while, it kind of gets a little loose, a little clunky. That was a solid one. Ooh, it is yeah. so fun. I'm going back two decades in life, man. I, I bought two CDs for my car um, <laughs> just uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm listening to see music straight hey, through. Hey, tell them how no you listen to your listen to how, <laughs> straight through with I'm no a, commercials. Tell them how you're working out. You've got your little little uh, Sandisk got MP3 player, <laughs> and um, yeah, man, it's it's awesome. It's uh, yeah, because as we all know. When you have your your smartphone, you're you're scrolling. You're you're you, you can get distracted a million different ways, and that's not anybody's fault. Mm-hmm. It's it's Silicon Valley. That's why they they want you on your smartphone twelve, fifteen hours a day, twenty hours a day, if they could, because the more time, more eyes they have for the more hours, the more money they make. So it's Slack, Facebook, Twitter, Candy Crush, Starbucks. It doesn't matter. Everybody wants you to have an app. Why? So they can get inside your head and whenever they want, they'll just send you a notification and then you're reading their commercials. Yep. See, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the ultimate, you know, people don't realize Troy and some, uh, some of our older listeners do like some of the main reasons why Microsoft was sued heavily in the late nineties was because they were, um, I can't remember. There was a word they called it. They called bundling. It's not bundling though. But what they would do is, is they would put all this crap on your computer so that when you would buy your computer, any place you would go on the internet, and keep in mind, this is like almost pre-Google, anywhere you'd go on the internet, it, they, if you went and clicked here, it would have a pop-up you know, that would say, hey, would you want to buy this? And it was one of the reasons why the early PCs were terrible. It was yeah. why Apple- it's kind of like Bing, isn't it? Yeah. Don't they make you have Bing, which nobody uses, but- Right. It's like impossible to get Google. So they would preload it with all that stuff. So they would Mm -hmm. sell you a machine that already preloaded with businesses ready to advertise you. And literally they got sued for that. They like sued in in billions of dollars because they were doing that and they had to quit doing that. And that's exactly what they do with our cell phones now. And it's kind of like the MAID. People don't know about the mobile – the mobile advertising identification number that every cell phone has. Not your IP, not anything. Every phone has an MAID, and that is a number that once somebody gets that number, they can send directly ads directly to your phone. They don't have to be mm. in an app, doesn't have to come through an app. All you have to have done has, has marked on one of your apps that's in there that, they, that you didn't block them. You enabled the app for them to share data, and boom. Mm. They're they're right inside you. You could have twenty. And why apps. do all these apps want access to all your contacts and everything? Doesn't that give you pause? But most people just say okay, okay. Yep. I mean, it's uh, it's scary. 
It is scary. It is scary. I am the kind of person that looks at the bright side, and I know you do too, Troy. But I just realize that there's so there's a there is a powerful connection that when everybody is using one of the same systems and everybody starts hitting flu outbreak in Atlanta, Georgia, we can seize upon that. We have to start realizing that us being on it, yes, is negatively maybe for some of us um, as a whole, but there is a lot of a whole that that also benefits, and and it does. Uh, And I just think it's – and that's why I'm saying with you earlier, I love what you're doing because you are now finally making people say, hey, what you're doing is way better awareness than No Shave November. Do you know that like so many people like we're supposed to be doing this no shave November for testicular cancer. If I go up and I ask people, people will be like, oh, you're going no shave November. I've been doing this, Troy. I've been like, oh, yeah, I am. Hey, do you happen to know what no shave November is for? They're like, uh, some kind of cancer or something like that. Or and most people don't even say that. They'll be like, uh, actually, I just thought like it's just the time that guys decided to grow their hair out in November. Like they don't even know that when you look at my face, you're supposed to think of guys' balls. You know, they don't even know this <laughs> shit. And, and it's people like you, Troy, that is, that is saying, "I'm going to actually do a real awareness. I'm going to get off this smartphone. I'm going to go buy a slip flip phone, put it on on social media. I'm going to buy an MP3 player, put it on social media." And I think it's you doing that kind of stuff that you're going to have probably 5, 10, 15 of the people that you hang around in the industry or friends who are going to do it. And people are going to see them and see them and see them. And I think it's the beginning of uh, – it's the beginning hey, of man, Something big, I hope. It's 30-day flip phone challenge. I mean I, at that state of the school thing, I talked to some of our um, kids' parents. So they're kind of our friends now. And – um uh, the woman got her husband, he was already thinking about going to a flip phone. The next day he, she posted on Facebook that he had done it and tagged me. And I was like, Oh, that's what it's all about. That, just one person. Just one person. That's right. It's a, like a 5,000 ton freight train against a BB gun. I mean, it's nobody's going to change our smartphone use and, you know, but I can change it for myself. Yep. And for my family, and I know my kids are a lot happier. I know my wife is a lot happier right now. Yeah, she'll get mad again. Just give her time. <laughs> get on, go distract yourself. Get away from me. <laughs> That's true, too. That is so true, man. That is so true. I mean, at one point in time, they just thought we were awesome. That's, uh, the, the thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. No, it's not actually. Actually, I have to tell you, after 20 years, my wife and I, I, I've been I've been saying that we've almost been together, married for 20 years. But I was thinking the other day, we got married in 2002. Like, dude, we still got a couple years to go, Cass. Like, don't, 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 you can't, you can't round up when it comes to wedding anniversaries, right? You just don't round up. Mm-hmm. You don't get to 15 and go, well, 20s right here. No, it's just you can't take that for granted. Let's go back so, to Cuba real quick. Mm-hmm. You are you able to use your smartphone much in Cuba? Cuba? So it's getting more and more and more and more. So the answer is when I went there in 2017, you could only get it. You could only get on Wi-Fi and it had to be inside of a park. That's where they have their Wi-Fi there. Now I can only get it inside of a park still. But if you're Cuban and you use Cuba cell is their name, if you use Cuba cell, then they can use it and they can get on their smartphone when they're not in a park. It's very, very slow. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's probably like 2G, man, probably 3G is probably what it's equivalent to. 
Um, but me, my phone doesn't work there, so I have to go get on Wi-Fi. So I have to walk down to the water. But do you do you kind of find some peace while you're there? Oh my gosh, do I ever. It's really funny. We talk about this, all of us missionaries, like for the first like six, seven hours, it's really scary. You will grab your phone to go look at your notification and you'll be like, oh, Jason, your, your phone doesn't work. You'll set it down and you'll look out the window as you're driving. And then all of a sudden you'll just reach for your phone again and pick it up. And you're like, oh my God, oh, Jason, yeah. dude, no. And man, you'll put it down. And I'll be talking to some guys and we'll kind of sit there quiet and boom, I'll pick my, I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> Jason, you feel kind of foolish after a while? Like, you feel like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And then after about <clears throat> six to seven hours later, you just like, it just leaves. And then like, you don't use it. And really what's funny is like my son, dude, when we go to Cuba, he never gets his cell phone out. Never one time. Mm. And I'll be like, hey, let's go up to the Wi-Fi park. He's like, dad, I'm in Cuba. I don't need that here. You know, because mm. he's, he's running around playing with all the kids and all the different areas. And That's stuff. what it's and, about. It is. It is. And you know, here's the deal. Now, now, okay. See, now you're talking about this. So this is one of the reasons why this works in Cuba is because we're all in it together. What does that mean? It is hard for me, Troy, and you're going to run into this. So you start preparing this right now with all your, with all your, mm -hmm. uh, all of your kids, friends or families. Yeah. It's hard for me to tell my son to get off the PlayStation and go outside and ride his bike when he's the only one mm. riding his bike. If I could get all the parents to say, okay, hey, everybody, I know we all don't want our kids on. Okay, on Thursday, all right, make your sons and daughters go outside on Thursday. They'd have a blast because anytime there's like a party, like let's say we have a neighborhood party and all yeah. the kids are out and stuff, they don't go get on PlayStation. They don't go get dove. They go out and they play. And, and I'll be like, well, I'll be like, Ryland, so why are you playing now? It's like, well, all my friends are out. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, see, this is when that thing. When we were thing. kids, we all went out all the time to get right. but there's, go but on there's, adventures and play sports, right? Right, we you did. But mm -hmm. we have to, if we're going to want our kids to do that, we have to collectively work together. Mm -hmm. be, because I've talked to other parents. They'll be like, well, you know, I tell my son to go outside and he just sits outside because there's nothing to do. I got to give it to them. I know that they're making that, that sounds terrible. Like, well, we just would run in the woods. You would run in the woods with your friends. Mm -hmm. You would run in the woods with your friends. And there's a lot of times we would all sit outside on the porch and be like, we want to come in, mom. And they'd be like, no, you stay outside. We don't do that. We don't do that. If we would all do that as parents, all of our kids would be outside together. You know what I mean? And that is one of the problems. And that's what my son says in Cuba. Oh, He's like, yes. they're all outside playing. So there's always a soccer game going on over there, or a baseball game going on over there, you know? So when I get to Cuba and I get to the church, he's gone. I don't see him most That's of the day. That's so cool. I'm I'll going be like, with you. The last time I was there, I'm like, hey, where's my son? And they're like, oh, yeah, the workers took him out into the cane field, and they're out there cu cutting down sugar cane. You know what I mean? That's that's what they're out there doing. Just using and your hands, being out in nature is something nobody's doing anymore. And having a blast. But that's the thing. We're gonna the have community, to start, right? We're gonna have to start working together. It takes a community to raise a child. It takes a tribe to raise a child. This is where we have to get back to. It has to be you calling your son and daughter's parents and saying, hey, us five, let's get together every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's not let our kids play these electronics and let's make them play together outside. You don't really have to make them. Once they're mm -hmm. all outside, they like doing it. It's the problem is they're not out all outside at the same time. Exactly. So they're walking around bored. You know what I mean? 
That's the yeah. difference. That's the difference. And see, some of the things you're doing right here is going to start getting people to talk about this. We're on a podcast talking about it. You know, there's other people who are going to start. I'm going to, I'm going to say to you loyal listeners right now, what I want you to do is you've been thinking about doing the flip phone. Okay. I want you to go get the flip phone and I want you to do the challenge. I want you to snap a picture of it. It's going to be hashtag Thompson flip phone challenge. Okay. Thompson, 30 day flip phone challenge. Okay. Thompson 30 day <laughs> flip phone challenge. Okay. That's what it is. We're going with the Thompson 30 day flip phone challenge. And I want you to just mm-hmm. go get it and be like, you know what? Troy did it and post it on there. Be sure to tag Troy. If you want to tag me too, you can, but Troy's the man. And, and Troy, it's this kind of stuff that gets this talk coming, you know, gets people thinking about this to where there are going to be people who are going to say, you know what? I can't get my whole neighborhood, get the kids come out, but I'm going to call my son's two best friends, parents and talk to them about this, you know, sure. on this Saturday, don't let our kids play PlayStation and I'm going to make mine mm-hmm. go outside from and 10. model. Yeah. Lead yep. by example. If right. the kids, parents aren't in with into it, you can bring your kids out into the forest, go hiking, go do something. You have to model it and not have your phone in front of you the whole time and tell them they should be out playing while you're on your phone. It's true. Man, That's, it's true. My son. And you're going to have anxiety when you try it, folks. Like when I went into Verizon, my heart was beating. And when I made the switch and then that first night when I went to bed, I hadn't gone to bed without a smartphone for 10 years, maybe. Well, probably not, but basically. And it was hard, but you're, it's giving your brain a chance to breathe. Now, like at night, I read books and I don't have that blue light. I don't have that stimulation, but I'm so much more at peace. And then I wake up without a alarm as well because I get so good rest and then I wake up in the morning way before my family wakes up. I have two to three hours of solitude to read more, to work out, to journal. It's time I just didn't have before. So um, just go through that, those first few days of withdrawal and anxiety and it will get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying get off your smartphones forever, but it's good to try to have this reset and just say, I'm going to take it away completely so I don't have an option. Because I tried leaving my my phone in my car. I tried turning it off. I tried disabling all the apps, but it was way too easy to just turn them back on because there was always an excuse to go back and enable or Google something and then I'm back hooked on it. So that's right. That's dude. what I that's what I got. Thanks for leading <clears throat> by example. It just shows the kind of guy you are, man. It shows your commitment to your family, it shows your commitment to just being real and being the role model. I think that's what it all comes down to. Um, you are right, man. When I go to Cuba, it's cool after like the second or third day because you don't you don't think about it. Now I'm on I have my phone with me the whole time because it's Samsung 10 has the best camera in the world. Because it's I mean, mm-hmm. don't way better than that junky iPhone. But anyways, I'm sorry. Um, but no, actually the new <laughs> iPhone does have a badass camera too. But the I have it there. So it's always with me. But it's so cool because I never get on it. I mean, my Google Maps doesn't work. Anything Google in Cuba does not work. Now, if you are Cuban and you want to get on Google, then it works. But like is, on is it called Castro? It's called Castro. No, no, no. That's funny though. That's funny. But no, no. It's uh. But you. But if I am on Wi-Fi and I try to go to Google, Gmail, try to get on Google Chrome, anything, try to get on my uh, my drive, it won't let me. 
but yet my translator guys, those, those guys are always on their Gmail. So it's, it's really, really hmm. crazy. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's really, really crazy. And like, they can't see Amazon. So like they always go to Amazon every time they, like if they, if you're Cuban and you're bored, like you'll flip to Amazon real quick because I don't so know. So Bezos what, got in there somehow, huh? No. Well, what happens is, yeah, somehow it gets through the filter of the Cuban government or something. So like someone will be like, oh, you know, and not everybody else can get it, but it popped up on his or her phone. And so all the Cubans will look around and they sit there and they just scroll through. And you got to keep in mind, they can't click anything because then it's going to kick them out. So they'll just, whatever's on the page, you know what I mean? They'll just like sit there and scroll through so it. So they're just looking at looking what at they sh- can't buy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Shoes, shirts, you know, they're just looking at it. And if they see something, they'll screenshot it. And then they send it to their family oh, and they send it to I their family in, in America. And the America? next time she, he or she comes, they'll, they'll bring it for them. Yeah. That's so, cool. So yeah. They- yeah. Amazon is a huge problem. Um, and going back to the, the uh, phones, I take pictures with my flip phone now. And it, I was showing it at Thanksgiving yesterday to some of my nephews. And they're like, wow, I was, Tatum, my daughter was climbing a rope in gym. I was like, look at this. This is the type of pictures it takes. And he's like, wow, is that one pixel? <laughs> You know, is that a pixel? He said, because <laughs> you could just barely see an image of some some body on a rope. I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, people might use the camera thing as an excuse not to try this out. People really don't need to see 500 pictures of your kids a month. You can go a month. You know, nobody's going to miss it. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. And you can buy a camera really if you want to uh, take photos. But it's good to take a break from all the pictures we're taking, too. I'm telling you. It, it's it's a pendulum. It's going to swing back, and uh, not trying to be goofy and just saying it, just the way my intra- entrepreneur brain thinks. You actually could probably make tons of cash on this, Troy, and you don't even realize it because that's not why you're doing it, right? That's why. That's how. That's how. That's no. how real things are made, though. That's how real inspiration and change I happens. Co- I have not had this much passion in. I, I can't even remember. Yeah, but what it is I mean, is how did you do it? I mean, I know there's going to be to, – to, to you, it's like, well, I just went to Verizon and I had anxiety and I got it. No, 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 no. I know I was thinking about that, but this could be a problem in this. I mean, you could write an ebook and you could create your own website, how to get over the addiction of your cell phone. No one else is doing that. And to be honest with you, in mm-hmm. three to five years, those people will be all over the place selling all different types of training and stuff as to how you should do it and how to get your family off it and how you could create a timeline to allow certain times for it. I'm telling you right now, it'll be everywhere because we're going to start combating this. It's like text drive and texting. Dude, texting and driving mm-hmm. is a major issue, but it's not as big as an issue as it used to be. I mean, there's people like I'm, – I'm watching teenagers who are like – like, dude, why did that person have their phone? You know, and I'm like, wow, if I'd have been a teenager, I'd still be texting. Regardless. Have you noticed that in insurance? We get like a rear end type accident almost every single day, maybe a couple a day. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because of the, the the phones. Yep. There's new technology in Canada right now that's being tested. Um, and it, if you listen to a podcast that I did with Peter Tessier, um, about three, two months ago, he talked about it and it is a company that has got the ability. Now you would think this is easy, but it's not. They have the ability to timestamp text messages and they correlate them mm. into the time that it brings it into a database and then they can run it through motor vehicles to determine crashes. And they can say, you know, and so right now it's not real time. But they're being able to go back and saying, listen, we 
time stamped these for 18 months, these text messages, we're now running them in this database that shows when all these accidents were done. And you can see that a lot of these texts are, are lining up with when that accident occurred. Well, now the Canadian all data, right? That's right. That's, now the Canadian government is coming in there and saying, hey, maybe we should institute this. Now, here's the debacle. This is a huge debacle. Because to you out there, you're sitting there saying to yourself, that is fantastic technology, right? Because if people know that that's going to happen, that that they're going to be less likely to text, which probably has a lot of truth. The point is, is whose data is that? Mm-hmm. Troy was texting, looking down, got into a wreck. You timestamped my phone and you're now using that data against me. For the sake and the greater good of society, we all say yes. But all of a sudden, when you who's saying yes gets put in that position of being the driver who got their text date stamped, you're not going to be very happy about that. And so the crux goes back to of whose data is that? It's on the cell phone's uh, system. I'm the one creating the data. So a third party is in on that phone system and in my thing, date stamping my data on somebody else's lines. Where do we start drawing the line here on whose data that is and can you use that and can you not use that? Mm. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the messed up part of it. But the fact- We don't even know where, what all, how all this data is being used against us, right? And I'm- I'm pro technology. I use a lot of the stuff you're promoting, Cass, but going to the flip phone, they really can't gather any data from me, which is kind of refreshing. Now, I will go back at some point, I'm, I assume, but but uh, Here, yeah, I mean, wh- how are they really using? Do I really want them to know that I want went on a vacation up to Duluth a month ago and what I did while I was there and God knows what else? Troy... I don't, Troy, I don't think I'm, so. Troy, I'm split there, dude. I want them to know. I know this sounds crazy. I do because it enhances my life. Like whenever. Or does it? I think it does. I mean. Do you want Silicon Valley to know that? And then they're going to put together the perfect algorithm to sell you more stuff because they know you that much better. If it. And if, keep you on your phone. Here's that the much deal. More? If I'm trying to be sold something a thousand times a day. If Silicon Valley can make it $500 times a day because it's actually stuff I care about and not a thousand things that I don't, I'm for that. I, we're going to we're okay. going to get that we're going to get that either way. We're going to get bombarded with this stuff. I believe it enhances my life because it gets rid of the crap and brings in the good, right? That that that's where I Now do not get me wrong, Troy. There is a ton of negative to this too. But I think it's just like any type of technology. Somebody's going to use it for the good. Someone's going to do it for the bad. For me personally, I like it when they know that I go to Florida every year to Pensacola because I start getting a lot of ads for some badass places I could stay on Airbnb and things, knowing that Mm -hmm. that's where I normally go for that. I don't have to voluntarily go out and look for that. Now, that's a very small, small, small thing. But I think that it's going to go further to putting molecules into our bodies and our bloodstream that's going to allow us to be able to trace our our body and know our body and know that there's a certain type of chemical that our body releases about 48 hours before we get the flu and being able to track that Hmm. and say, whoa, hey, that could happen. And then if we all are on that system and we notice four or five kids in school the night before 
all have that chemical that's created in their cell phones, then alert mom and dad and say, hey, you're not sending little Johnny to school tomorrow because we just got notification that his brain released that chemical. He's going to get sick within the next 48 hours. I think there's a lot of there's mm. a lot of great there's cool. a lot of great things that can happen there. Seeing a pothole in the road, and rather than that pothole sitting there forever, how about Troy pulls it, walks out his road, snaps it uh, a picture of it, uploads it to the government, his city government's website, where it goes to automatic auction, and boom, a a, um, a uh, person who fills potholes, who does road work, is boom immediately grabs on an auction, gets that job, and literally thirty minutes later, there's somebody out filling that pothole. Because of all the way that this stuff is connected. There's hmm. so many. There is a lot of good there's stuff. There's a lot of good. No, don't get me wrong. That's potholes, right? You're talking mm-hmm. about uh, you're talking about time with your family, bro. Okay, that's important, right? right? That's important. If they were finding a way every minute of the day for us to be on our smartphone, for whether it be the pothole, the... Whatever. You know, this commercial I watched yesterday about Walmart. This guy was going through with his grandson or granddaughter getting... Thanksgiving dinner for the mom in in um, the hospital that just had babies, but he was on his smartphone the whole time, and ev- they were just glamorizing. There's nothing you can't do now. The kid walking through high school, he's probably 13, singing a rap song into his his phone, like uh, selfie mode, mm-hmm. just like being the star, not talking to anyone. They want us to be on our phones 24 seven, and that's that's my pushback right it's now. A problem. It is. It is. And Troy, I'm serious. Kudos to you. I'm going to wrap this up, but kudos to you for that. And um, if anybody wants to reach out to you and tell you that you're crazy or say, hey, how do I get a little <laughs> bit of this craziness? How do they get a hold of you, Troy? Well, I mean, I do have a little something in the 30-day flip phone challenge. You can probably just Google that. Of course, Troy Thompson. I know that's kind of ironic yeah. too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but Troy Thompson, just Google me, Troy Thompson, Minnesota Insurance. There is another Troy Thompson in Minnesota. Uh-huh. Remember yeah, that? I know. You're, you're first. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Coon Rapids, Minnesota. You'll find me. What is it? Coon Rapids? Yep. Coon Rapids. Okay. Fantastic. All right, man. It's a little harder to find me these days, and that's refreshing too. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap this up, but I do appreciate uh, you um, and you taking your time, dude. I love what you're doing. Um, keep it going. I'm being interested to keep it, uh, keep knowing about it, keep posting in the mastermind about it. And just so you guys know, the last couple podcasts you've heard from some really great people, they all are mastermind people. Troy, like a lot of our mastermind people, we get about three, four new people a month that join. And every one you of them- are crushing it. Every one of them, dude, is a loyal listener. And they'll always like, dude, I've been meaning to join for like, a year or two and I can't believe I didn't do this and I'm just like man it's it's where all the cool people and smart people hang out that's what I know so all the cool people baby all, all, all the can't cool wait kids. for brain share 2020 I hope where's that, that gonna come. be again well I'll, I'll it's gonna be in Puerto Rico but uh oh, I think boy. I think we may have rearranged it I'm gonna have indie tech 2020 technology with the purpose find understand and implement it's gonna be going on as of right now that we're waiting to confirm the dates but it's gonna be October or it's going to be August 17th, 18th, or 24th and 25th. And that, um, the location is not disclosed yet. I think I know the disclosure, but once again, I'm location, I'm waiting for the two RFPs for them to come in. So I think I might do a brain share. I doubt it, but there's a chance I might. Um, I think brain share might be put on hold. I think this is something hmm. bigger that the industry needs right now. There is no technology conference that is built for independent insurance agents. 
There are, it's what's called indie tech. There is a bunch of companies out there who are owned by independent insurance agents who have created products for independent insurance agents, and they need to have a platform to be seen because the rest of our technology vendors are not doing a very good job at it. Then there's a bunch of insure tech vendors out there that did not just make products for insurance companies. They also made it for insurance, independent insurance agencies. And so we're going to bring them all into the room. We're going to do something. And it's me, Ryan Hanley. Me and Ryan Hanley, um, we're teaming up and getting some help. Getting the band back together. We are from Travis Gensler and uh, and Chad Spade are also going to help us. Those are two of the big technology guys in the industry. And uh, they're going to help design some of the courses uh, for us. Uh, that's going to be more of the implement part. So it, it'll all be based around find, understand, and implement. So there will be different sessions that will be teaching this because it's what we say. It's technology with a purpose. This isn't just like, oh yeah, hey, look, here's some technology. No, find the technology, understand if it fits your agency. If it does, learn how to implement it all in the course of two and a half days. It's going to be pretty damn cool. No one's ever been to an event like this. It's kind of like Brainshare. I knew something had to change and the answer was Brainshare. I think Brainshare needs to be put on hold. There was a lot Mm. of things this year, Joy, you weren't there. Um, but there was a lot of things this year that we were talking about last year and it's not because we didn't solve them. It's because we can't solve them because of the current technology state. There's so many, Mm. so many things you've got, you've got seven pieces of software that you could probably name that don't talk to one another. And how do we use those? And do you need those seven? And is there three out there that do the same as those seven that you have, Troy? And these three actually talk to each other, right? How do you implement that? How do you get rid of that? How do you prepare for data uh, sharing? How do we do a lot of that stuff that no one's talking about? You can read about it in the insurance journal, or you can listen to a podcast talk about it. But how about organizing this in a collective effort to make it make all sense? And that's what we're doing. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Troy, I'm going to let you go, that's brother. In I got uh, no, no, that's not in Puerto Rico. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm thinking I would like to take it to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Hanley and I are having that conversation right now because we don't, with it being our first year, we don't want to put any obstacles in the way. And to some people, going to Puerto Rico and flying over ocean is a scary thing. I know it sounds silly, but it is to a lot of people, you know? And so I don't want to prevent people from coming because of a travel thing. It's important that we have people there and we have all the people there that we need. So, Troy, in the meantime, I got to get upstairs and uh, I got to start finishing up doing some of those thresholds that I was talking about earlier. My wife and all the, and everybody's gone. So I have the house to myself. I'm going to jam uh, some, I'm, I'm thinking some Maroon 5. I don't know why. I think Maroon was in my head this morning. So I'm going to jam some of that and lay some floor. Good job. Use those hands. That's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. I do it. People are like, man, you do manual labor. I hate manual labor, but I like it's doing it about once a year. Yeah. Once a year, once every two years, like my dad, I was telling my dad the other day, I like doing roofs. That's something <laughs> I'd always done when I was little with my dad. And my and my dad hasn't done any. And I was asking the other day, I was like, hey, if you get one in the springtime, I want to do one. You know, I love I love getting on that roof. And I do it for two days and I love it. And then on the third day, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing in the world. That's why that's why that's why I go back to my agency. Troy, you're the man, Thanks, dude. Cass. You're the man. It was appreciate fun. you very much and uh, look forward to talking to you very soon. And uh uh, keep it going up there, man. Kudos to your wife and your kids, and uh, way, way, to, way to be a role model and lead by example on some Thank of you. that stuff that's bothering you, man. You as well. I like it. Kudos Let's to go you. to Cuba together. Yeah.
dude, I want to go. I'm going to be going the first week in March um, is when I'm, 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 we're going to be doing all these plumbing in the main church and eight others. And so it's, uh, yeah, awesome. if you want to come, awesome. man, it's, it's yeah, completely we'll open to you. But in the meantime, uh, t- this has been Troy Thompson. He's a real agent deciding a real agency. Uh, his agency is Pinnacle Insurance. And we gave you the real agency intelligence. And even though we talked a lot about technology and how it adversely affects your 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 uh, your family and your business and your personal life and your kids, the fact is is that is the agency intelligence. It's 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 intelligence that we learn that's important outside of our life that makes it inside of our life inside of our business so important. So mm-hmm. if you'll tell me your ideas and you'll tell me your thoughts, I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. I was with Troy Thompson. He's on a flip phone. I'm jumping back out to the droid and we're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.